welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. So of course it's no coincidence, based on the prayers that were spoke out early as we gathered here, oh, it'll be okay, little dude. The heart that was released through our worship, the words that were spoke out by our worship team and those that lead us into worship, and the prayerful heart of Brother Ryan as he shared the Father's heart over us. You're going to find a constant thread in what he's going to share with us today. Becoming what we were created to be, righteous and holy. What stops us from walking in all God has for us? Walking in that place that Jesus walked in with his Father. What stops us from walking out what the Word says and Jesus demonstrated we're to have on this journey. Who was here last week and heard Pastor Steve's message? Oh, good. And if you haven't caught that, you need to catch that. Just ground rules. Y'all agreed we're not going to get an offense, right? I'm talking about my journey and me. I'm not poking at anybody here. Okay? Okay, so three of you agree. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's all a matter of the heart, yeah? Okay. So early in my journey, I was listening to a myriad, as the Holy Spirit would drive me into different areas, And I listened to a message. Um, I was actually led through a sister, Billy Brin, into Kenneth Hagin's ministry. And he spoke about putting yourself into that scripture as you read it. I hope I'm saying that in a way that makes sense, without really running that rabbit trail. It was life-altering for me. Anybody that has blessed me to be able to pour into their life up to this moment, I've spoke about what Ephesians 1.17 through the end of the chapter meant for me to understand the authority and the power I had over fear, over anxiety, over trepidation, over uncertainty, over all the nonsense that my soul and the enemy was trying to stop me from becoming who I was being who I was meant to be, walking out my destiny in the Lord, and being what God said I was. But I made that mine, and I spoke it out some days. Well, I say a hundred times, I never counted, but I got to tell you, there were a lot of days it took a lot. 
not poking at any of you, I'm just still talking about me. I forced my soul to accept who God said I was and the power and authority I carried over not only my flesh, but over everything in this realm. All power and authority means exactly that. And if you don't accept it, I'm sorry. It's there. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus. He gave us that in this covenant. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Isaiah 48, 1 through 6. Now, y'all remember, you agreed, offenses in history. And this is me. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judea, which swear by the name of the Lord. Stood on their soapboxes, preached loudly in the square, at the gate, right? Yep, okay. And make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or righteousness. For they call themselves the holy city and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly. Oh, I love suddenlies. I don't mean to cop a Pastor Steve line, but I'm really having a difficult time not parking in this. But I'm going to do my best. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. How? Out of his mouth. Right? Okay. Because I knew that thou art... Oh, that's got to be a typo. Did Brother Pete just share with us that the Old Testament really holds true for our journey today in many, 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 many ways. I know that was a BLT of what he said, but truly, it does. Huh. But I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is as iron sinew. Do you know what sinew is? Sinew is that piece of stuff that gets stuck between your teeth when you eat a steak. It's ligament. It's fibrous tissue that's spread out real thin, but it's super tough. It's not gristle. Sinew. As sinew is an iron sinew and thy brow brass. Just me, just talking to me. That would be being a blockhead and not receiving what the Lord's telling you. Either one-on-one, in this case, it was what he was speaking to them one-on-one. It goes on to speak to that. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Wow. But they were, but, but I wasn't receiving it. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou should say, we're going back to BLT, I did that. Look at my intellect, my smarts, my training, my abilities. I got all of that. I I did that. Mine idol hath done them 
and my graven image and my molten image hath commanded them. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. Why? For real. Sick in the head. I got to figure this out. Well, this doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's for them. That's not for me. Whatever makes that land in your spirit, not your soul, whatever makes that land in your spirit and the spirit in you go, yep, right there, that spot. He does show us things if we don't resist him. It's that quiet time. It's that meditation. It's that, I don't know how many years ago this was now. It's that on your face time. One on one with him. And if you don't do that and you don't have that time, you really, if you want the more and you want to step into all of God's promises for you and everything he says you are, you need to have time one on one with your creator. Because he talks to us then. He shows us things. He explodes revelations in our heart. So it's not sitting there like a professor with a pen and a laptop and a light and just... That's not quiet time with the Lord. Jesus went away and he showed us how to do it every day. Okay, well, you guys go to sleep. Have a nice nap. I'm going to hang out with my daddy. And he could say, literally, when he was asked, how did you know to do that? I only do as I see my father doing. Because then when you've got the opportunity to do as you see your father do, you, again, back to identity, when you're doing as you see your father doing in that moment, you can know that you know that you know that you know it was the father's heart that you did that. It wasn't your flesh and your intellect and what somebody else's revelation was. Meditate on his word. If you don't have his word in your soul, you need to. Because you can't know who you are or what his promises are for you. You can't know how you're supposed to be walking if you don't have his word in your soul. Because then that quiet time with him, he can explode those revelations. He can take a revelation you heard from someone else that you didn't quite get your arms around totally yet, and he can make that explode in you and tie it to his word in a way that can't happen if you don't have the word in you. It's been really fun to hear all of the testimonies, even this morning, the conversation in in the circle with the worship team. Going on this 12-month journey, reading the entire Bible in 12 months. 
If you're not doing it, jump in. It's the perfect day to start. There's no behind. Just start. A-W-M-I. Read the Bible in a year, I think. Whatever. Just Google it. it. It's on Andrew's site. And I would encourage you to do it in a way where you're staying back 40,000 feet from it. Or like me, again, not poking anybody, but like me, I want to run a rabbit trail on it and go, oh, that, oh, I remember that. And then three hours later or 45 minutes later or whatever, I've still not even finished the chapter that I was supposed to get done yesterday. It's being real. So I hope that encourages you. Don't run through it because then you're just reading to read. But it's to give you, I believe, it's to give you an overall view of the scriptures and all of the stories in the scriptures. And it is aside from your personal time reading the scriptures via the Holy Spirit and where the Spirit of God leads you to be. And then meditate on that in your quiet time. All separate components. But I challenge you, if you're not doing it, do it. We're just getting started. Okay. Philippians 4. In the Amplified, please. 8 and 9. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable, and seemingly whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Truly, in my journey, because I don't believe in coincidences, I don't know if anybody else in here does not, but I absolutely, during worship, praise the Lord sometimes because I don't sing karaoke. I'm praising the Lord a lot of times for one lyric of a song that absolutely fell in with what was spoke out before or what the Lord showed me the day before or that morning in my quiet time for us or for me. Or for somebody else. It's beautiful. Take account of these things and fix your minds on them. Nine. Practice what you've learned. Oh, snap. You mean I got to do something? Yeah, practice. If you've not practiced meditation, quiet time, time alone with your father, it's going to take some practice. It will. Your flesh is not going to like it. No differently than some of us need to practice sitting still for 45 minutes or an hour without having to... I know, it's the only time the bathroom's open. I'll stop. Um, but, but we need to practice controlling our flesh because who's in control? Me. Me. I refuse to let it win. Practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. And model your way of living on it. 
The place of peace and rest we can walk in when we do that is amazing. There's no sweating and toiling. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be with you. That's a promise. If we practice what we've learned, he'll be with us in peace. Perfect peace. Why do we in our flesh or souls disagree with his word as to who we are in Jesus and what Jesus died and was resurrected for? Have I ever said, I got a million questions? I do. I'm asking the Father questions on a regular basis. Because I want to know. So it's constant dialogue. That all came from that place of quiet time. Shutting off the world and just being with him. And then I learned that he's got some questions too. And they're really fun. Are these areas in us that our soul or our flesh disagrees with? The stuff that makes you prickly when somebody speaks it or when you read it? Well, it's 2022. I mean, come on, everybody's doing it. Whatever, whatever that is in you. Well, I'm not really offended. I might be a little hacked off right at the minute, but it'll pass. Are those little areas that aren't aligning with God's word and who he says we are, is that causing problems in us receiving all of God's promises? I'm asking. I know for me it did. Do we still have flesh that needs to die in ourselves that are causing us to believe we're not worthy. In some way, shape, or form. Either because it was a teacher that said something to you you've never forgotten. Or a parent. Or a spouse. Somebody in leadership. And I'm going to be bold right now and say, in a lot of religion, there's a lot of that nonsense that gets spoke out and it takes a long time to get rid of. Talking to me, nobody else in the room. But praise God, he's faithful. And if we submit ourselves to him in all humility, he will respond. That happens in that quiet time. If you know who you are in him through his word. We speak a lot about dying to our flesh. Regarding the things that don't align with what would please the Lord. Sin. And it's such... It's so overemphasized in the kingdom of God. In my opinion. That got everybody's head sideways. 
We need to repent for things that don't line up with the Father's heart in our journey without question. And we need to ask forgiveness of our sins when we come to Christ. But if you're walking around in guilt and condemnation, that does not come from our Father. It's not in His nature, says His Word. We were given a conscience that the Holy Spirit will go, Ah, oh, do you really want to do that? Oh, gosh, no. And it's done. And we move on. But, but being in that spot of spinning a circle over allowing... Okay, we're going to the Snicker bar. Yeah, perfect. We're walking through the woods. I gave up Snicker bars. Not me personally. I'm making this up as I go. Okay. Not as I go. <laughs> and you had to give up Snickers bars. And there's a perfect Snicker bar. And you stop and go, oh my goodness. And immediately... Your soul or the enemy. I, we give way too much credit to the enemy. Anyway, nobody's even around. You can smell it from there, can't you? Look how clean it looks. It hasn't been there very long. And you pick it up and you start looking at it. And now you're going, boy, I think I could smell it through that Tyvek wrapper. Mmm, my mouth is watering. Oh, you know, just a bite. It's just a bite. I know I'm a foodie. I can't help it. <laughs> I can taste that dumb Snicker bar right now. And I love it. <laughs> and you take a bite and immediately see you're no different than you were three years ago, 15 minutes ago, 10 years ago. You said that you'd stop that. and You haven't stopped that. And you know what else, loser? I'm going to tell your father. Sinner. Dang, it's that easy. If we allow it. Because what happens when that kind of guilt and condemnation comes? It absolutely stops us from seeking him and his kingdom first and walking this out in the way he intended us to walk out at peace, in rest, in him. That's not part of him, so it doesn't belong there. What happens when something that's not part of our Lord not part of Jesus, enters our lives. It sets us back a minute. I believe that it's super important that we as followers of Christ understand the covenant we're in today. And every part of that covenant and what it means to us. Pastor Steve did a great teaching on it. It's on the YouTube channel. If you've not watched it, watch it. If you watched it and you were here that day, maybe just do a refresher again. Can't hurt. And it's not for you, I'm sure. It would be to help you teach it to somebody else. For sure. Just to, yeah, right. Just to get the details in order. Because it's a big deal. And most of the body of Christ on the planet... Don't know the covenants. They can use that word, but they don't understand the nuances and the details and what it means to be in the covenant we're in with Christ 
So that allows all the things of the old covenants to sneak in, in one way, shape, or form, or another. And, and I'm submitting to you, sin, in that constant, oh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yes. Stop it. You're already saved. Now move on. That guilt and condemnation that associates that stops a lot of people in their tracks. I don't want that to happen to us in any way, shape, or form. You know, I believe... Does somebody have pain right here? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like hide my hand. Does somebody in here have pain like right in here? Ribcage? That side? Okay. You'll be healed too. So it could be on YouTube too. Just receive this. So Father, thank you right now for healing that pain. I take authority over that pain and I cast it out right now in Jesus' name. Be healed. So maybe, just maybe, there's a part of your journey where you feel like you're spinning in circles like the Israelites and you just don't seem to be growing. You just don't seem to be doing what the Lord is putting in you as a sense or a feeling. Don't compare yourself with other people. That in itself is a whole nother bear trap. Don't go there. But if you're not having the fruit you want to have or you want the more, I just submit that maybe this is one little part, one little key, one little key way that will help you step out of that circle spinning. And the Lord will show you. You don't have to ask another human. Spend time with Him. His Spirit will let you know immediately if your heart is open and submitted and humble before your King and Creator. It's all a matter of the heart. This whole journey is about posturing our heart in a place where we can receive from Him. Perhaps the entire prosperity message that we teach at Beloved and believe and are watching the fruit of isn't manifesting fully. There's a reason that it is for many and not for all. And it might be that seed, that seed that was planted in your soul at some point that's bearing its own fruit. And it's actually stopping you from becoming who God says you are. I hear the blowback, one-on-one and in small groups. Well, you know, that's, that's you, not me. Uh, yeah, no. I'm no different than anybody. Nobody here is. We all have the same God. He loves us all the same amount. We all that are baptized in the Holy Spirit have the mind of Christ. We are one with Christ. The only difference is our soul. Can we go back to a leather neck and a block, a bra, bra, brass, bronze, hardhead? That. It was for me. In some areas. It still is. I'm teachable. I want it. If it's of me and not of him, I tell him on a regular basis, take it, Lord. 
I don't want it. Point it out to me and burn it out of me like dross, please. So I encourage you to do that in that quiet time. You'll be amazed. And it doesn't hurt. It's glorious. Truly. Whatever that looks like for you, that bondage, that place. I want to kind of drill down on how the enemy and your soul wants you to believe something that is in direct opposition. Some of the places we're in today is because of the overall 80,000 foot view. I know. That was the first. Yeah, it was. It's not a kingdom, but it is a king. Anyway, so it's like bumping up against the kingdom of God, somewhere between 40 and the kingdom, and it's been the enemy keeping us frogs in boiling water and so busy generationally. This didn't happen in a generation. Yeah, this has happened over a long period of time. God did not want us to spin circles so we didn't have time to be with him and be what we were created to be. So I know there's a lot of people that go, oh, it's by the grace of God we got this. Um, I beg to differ because it sucks up everybody's time and resources. And it's not about the kingdom of God. It's about fleshly pride. It's about everybody. I don't care. It's about everybody getting a trophy. It's about pleasure. That is what will stop us. Sweating and toiling. Being involved and so bound in the things of this world, we're no good for our king. And we're not growing because of it. Two thousand years ago in small villages, they were all family-driven communities. Look at the relationships we have within this body. You do all realize this is like really weird in the body of Christ at large. Does everybody know that? Because we spend time together. We speak truth to each other. We humble ourselves and we submit ourselves to one another. So that we may grow deeper in our Father and advance His kingdom. Which is the whole reason we're on the planet in the first place. It's not to get a 401k and retire at 60 or 65 or 73 or whatever. I never found retire in the Bible actually. But that's not why God put us here in this very moment in Lena, Illinois today at 11.05. We're here to bring light into darkness. To become who God says we are, so we may advance His kingdom. We may speak truth into lies in all things. I know. But I'm an introvert, and you're not. You know, it's a time thing. I just, when I retire, I'll have more time to do that. I would say, in my mind, that would be a moment where I would say, who said that? If it was the Lord, the Holy Spirit would come back gently and say, yeah, that was me. Not sometimes, every time. 
If that's your soul or Diablo, you'll know it because it won't speak up twice because it knows it got caught and called out. In most Americans' lives, they run so hard all day that by the time their day's done in the evening, it's collapsed in front of a television. Telegram, Facebook, well, I got to catch up with, oh, okay. Whatever it is, and you can have a myriad of excuses, well, but they're my friends. I've got to, that's, I got, and then they have no time, energy, or brain power left to spend any time with the Lord or in his word which should come first if we believe his word, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things. All these things. I don't know about y'all. I want all the things. All the things that he has for me, I want. And I want you all to receive those same things. It's my heart that you receive these things. I want these things. And I don't come from a selfish standpoint saying that. But I want to be who God created me to be. And that comes with walking in all that he is done and given me through his promises. So if we are spirit beings, anybody else in here a spirit? Yeah, a third of the room probably. Awesome. Um, if you're not, after the altar ministers would love to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And then you too will be a spirit being. You can actually call yourself an alien. <laughs> Amongst all the dead people that are out wandering around in the world right now. Okay. So if we're spirit beings, one with Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, Ephesians 1.20, then how and when do we make, take, or have the time to be with him in true intimacy? Maybe you're having a hard time because you're dwelling on who you used to be because you really don't believe the fact that your sins are forgiven and that the Father sees you spotless and wrinkle-free in this covenant. He doesn't even see you in a sinful way. At all. That truth will set you free in itself. He only sees you. So why do you see yourself differently? Why do you believe that lie? That's a big deal. If you'll spend time with him, if you'll open your heart to him, if you'll submit to him. Anybody catch the fact that's twice now? This is a big deal. Submitting to him. He will help you. Not command you not yell at you, not scold you, not rebuke you. He will lovingly walk with you hand in hand via His Spirit and pull you right into alignment with His destiny for you. Not what somebody else is doing. Because He needs you to be who you were created to be to advance His kingdom in the way you were created to do it.
Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How does the Lord feel about his word? We can roll on just that question and go through scriptures probably for the balance of the afternoon and roll into this evening's service. It is that simple, though. I like simple because I'm a simple guy. His word will light my path. Show me exactly where he wants my foot. His word alone. Now you couple that with the Holy Spirit in us, now we know his heart. So now I don't just know where my foot belongs because he's lit my path. I know his heart in that situation. That's a big deal. Stop dwelling and allowing those anti-Christ thoughts. Boom. You're not worthy. You're not holy. You're not righteous. You're nothing but a sinner. It's anti-Christ. None of us want to be anti-Christ. So, in order to be anti-Christ... We have to know his word and line our soul with his word in all things. Yes? Okay, good. That was tenuous. Philippians 4, 8. I know there's so many scriptures I use today that I wanted to like go back to the beginning of the chapter. Gosh. For the rest, brethren. Oh, wait. Did it? Yeah, Hebrews 10.1. Huh. Let's just take control of technology right now. Delete. Hebrews 10.1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, a shadow of good things to come. So are we on this side of the come in this covenant? Because the law is over there, right? Okay. And not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which were offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Oh. So if every year in that, in that covenant they had to go make an offering to the Lord to have their sins forgiven, I have a question, and somebody's probably going to answer me. What happened after they got done doing that offering and they started going about their day and 15 minutes later they sinned? In 16 minutes then, are they not righteous and holy until next year when they do a sacrifice? I have a lot of questions. I'm just asking. Because we're not in that place. 
The perfect sacrifice was already made on our behalf, so we are now spotless and wrinkle-free, and anything that says any different is not your father. It's a lie. Stop believing it. For then would they have not ceased to be off? Well, of course. If they didn't have to do the offerings, they wouldn't have. Some traveled great distances. They spent a lot of money to get the perfect heifer, the perfect doves, or the perfect pigeons, or the perfect ram, or the perfect goat. Right? Because that, the worshipers once once purged, should have had no more conscience of sin. Huh. So wait, maybe my answer is, once they made that offering... There was no feeling of guilt and condemnation. So maybe in this covenant, because are we worshipers? Three of us. Did you write down who said yet? Okay. So we're worshipers of the most holy, most high king. That's who we are. Okay. So if we were once purged... Should we have a whiff in our conscience of sin? No. Because the Father's got us by the hand. Saying, do you really want to do that? I would assume you didn't do that. We've got His Word. We've got the commands of our Father written on our heart in this covenant. We know right from wrong. Unless we've hardened our heart. And we can pray about that, too. I've watched some pretty hard hearts melt in some pretty tough issues where they were being pretty leatherneck and brass-headed. Praise God! That's how much He loves us! In other words, based on that, should sin be the focus of our life? In any way, shape, or form. See, you know, when Doc Ryan was here a while ago, it was snowing, so it might have been last year. I so lose track of time. Anyway, if I need to know the time, the Lord shows me. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. When Doc Ryan was here last time, I remember him making a statement. I just love that brother so much. And he says, God is not focused on your sin. Why do you focus on your sin? That's as close to verbatim as I can get. And he was off. Typical Doc Ryan fashion. Drop that little bomb. There you go. Marinate on that. But truth. Why do we focus on it if he sees us perfect? Because we're so smart? Huh? No. Right. For real. It's such a trap. I'm not telling you, I am not preaching the sloppy grace message. That's not my heart. We'll get there. It's not my heart at all. We want to be righteous and holy in this, which is the way the Father sees us right now. Okay. It happens naturally. It happens organically in most cases. You don't even realize why your heart changed on that topic or why you just don't want to do that anymore. 
or, or, or why that joke isn't funny anymore, or, or, or why wasting time like that in worldly stuff that used to thrill you and you spent whatever to do, and you go do, and it's just not fun. It just doesn't have interest. That's what I mean when I'm talking about organically. Because he's not going, oh, I told you. That's not it. Make sense? It's that loving, organic, gentle movement like those of us that are parents know we are with our children. Hey, don't go in the street. And they keep walking. Hey, honey, don't, please don't. Please don't. Hey, 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 hey. Eventually, you're going to yell at them and run and scoop them up. In love. But it's not the way it begins. So unless you're not listening to what the Lord's telling you, it should be a real gentle, easy, loving, hand-in-hand, following Him, with His Word being the lamp unto our feet, process. First John 1 John 1.1, please. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. John's making it real clear in this opening that he was there. They saw and witnessed Jesus. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Eternal life is not just living forever. It's not just dying now and going to heaven. I can fight and make it through this. That's not eternity. That's not what Jesus died for us for. We're to be walking in everything he died for now. And it's glorious if you can grab that. When you grab that, not if. When you grab that. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That ye may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. He's talking about an intimate relationship. John had learned, actually, it's a we statement, so it was more than just John. They apparently came to a conclusion, whomever was sitting there in this moment when this was penned. We have seen. Truly, their fellowship was with the Father and Jesus. Not just the fleshly Jesus, And seeing what he did. They had learned through the actions and the heart of Jesus, they understood what the relationship with the Father was as well as with him. Two different things. So are people who believe on Jesus as their Savior and have... Maybe hair on fire, maybe not. Maybe they're really walking this out in the best they can. 
scratching and clawing to be a good person, but they're not in fellowship with the Lord, are they really experiencing eternal life and the fullness of what Jesus died for right now? We hear the testimonies in this body of, of, doesn't stop, praise God, of people that are walking these promises out that the Lord made to us in our health, in our finances, in relationships, in mental being, in revelation, in all aspects of what God's promises says over us. We hear them all the time. It's beautiful. So we know it's the truth, right? So are there people experiencing, are there people that are in Christ, have accepted Christ, yet they're not walking out because they have no relationship with their father, all of his promises for them? Why does that bear repeating? Because we're a bunch of equippers. Every one of us here is is an equipper and there. And these truths will set those people free that you come in contact with. For real. You will see the fruit of these truths. And hopefully these perspectives. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Everything any person needs comes directly from the Father and Son. Amen? Amen. Everything. All. Submission to Jesus. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Anybody want more joy? I know we're a happy group. We are not lemon suckers by any stretch of the imagination. Ask anyone that comes here as a visitor. It's one of the first comments I believe that we hear. My goodness, y'all are a bunch of happy folk. Yes, we are, because we walk in freedom. We walk in liberty. We're enjoying all of the things that Christ died for for us. That's us. And you guys. Praise God. What is darkness in our walk if our Father's light? You hear us say all the time, we're light carriers, right? And that's what the Word says. We bring light into darkness in all situations. Isaiah 5.20 Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Sound like the world today? Anybody else in the room hear anyone twist scripture to fit their own little journey? For real. Woe to them. Woe. That's a big statement from our Father. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Kind of sounds like it's an exact 180. Kind of like our world is today. A 180 of the kingdom of God. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
If we're in true fellowship with God, it will be reflected in our lives. You won't be able to sit still. I can't. That's just rewinding tape. I can't sit still when I hear somebody speaking out not truth. It just blurts out of me. It, it can't go. Why? Because it's a 180 of the kingdom of God. And I serve the kingdom of God. And it puts us in some uncomfortable places. Anybody read anywhere else in the scripture where we get put in uncomfortable places sometime to advance the kingdom? When you've got to correct a family member? Or your buddy of 25 years? Or your coworker, Or your boss? And you've got to do it in a loving way. I'm not saying be mean. But be bold in truth. This is not saying that we will be sinless. We're all working this out. But don't let your soul justify your actions. Same thing. Because it wants to. I know I've heard an awful lot, uh, awful lot of people over the years say, do you know it's 1999? I didn't get that memo. Is there, was there a memo, an insert to the, King Jameth, or what version was the insert for? Because I didn't get it. And his truth is unchangeable. And it's always yes and amen. So one's the truth and one's a lie. I don't have to like it in that moment. But what I have to do is allow it to manifest in my life because that seed of truth will manifest in my life if I'm submitted and humble to it. And not a leather neck and a blockhead. <clears throat> Back to First John 7, please. But if we walk in the light as he as in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So you see the tension there? I mean, we've got to be real with ourselves. We're on a journey. But we can't let guilt and condemnation attach itself to the fact that we're working this out. Hand in hand. See, pre-Christ, those that can't admit they're a sinner can't come to Christ. They'll remain dead till they can humble themselves and ask for forgiveness. And I, I believe some think they've asked for forgiveness, but there's no fruit in their life. So have they really? Amen. It's kind of a sticky wicket, but it is the tension in this journey. Don't let guilt and condemnation associate itself, but realize the Holy Spirit in you is going to walk you hand in hand through all of these things that don't align with God's word in your life and repent when he shows you something. It's that simple. 
You're right, Lord. I agree. And, and, and I, I am not. I will not. Take it. Thank you. Move on. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. These wrong teachings only proceed from a heart that doesn't have Jesus or God's word in it. God's word. We need God's word in our heart. And we need his spirit to be one with us via the Holy Spirit. If we say that we've not sinned, we've made him a liar and his word is not in us. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. So in this journey that we're walking out with him, it's about repentance. Because remember, the Lord, only, the Lord already sees us perfect and holy, spotless and wrinkle-free. Right? Our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. If our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, why do we worry about our sins today? And yesterday, repent and move on. And grow in Him. Becoming all He created us to be. Galatians 2, 15, please. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Although we were Jews by birth and not Jewish sinners. Hmm. We know full well that what we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but by the faith of Jesus. I'm really, I encourage anyone that has ears to hear to speak identity statements of truth over themselves. And righteousness is a big one. Holiness is a big one. That you're one with Christ is a big one. And it will make your eyebrow raise. Maybe not. Maybe you'll just like walk right through them, staring yourself in the mirror. I am righteous. I am holy. I am a son of the Most High King. Amen. Glad you can. If you can do that just like that, I got some other ones for you that may or may not bend you a little bit. But those are the ones that your soul is disagreeing with. Because they're all God's words, God's promises over you, telling you who you are. You are righteous through Christ. But by the faith of Jesus the Messiah, his faithfulness, not ours, has saved us. Again, back to the covenant thing. He was the perfect sacrifice between him and the Father. So we could be seen spotless and wrinkle-free. Has saved us and we have received God's perfect righteousness. Can you receive righteousness? Can you accept the fact you're righteous and holy? Amen. Me too. Amen. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping the religious laws. What was part of the religious laws? Sin. 
having to offer sacrifices every 12 months to have your sins forgiven. Doing things to get things. That's good. That took a minute, but it's okay. It's awesome. Seventeen, please. If we are those who desire to be saved from our sins through our union with the Anointed One, does that mean our Messiah promotes our sins if we still acknowledge that we're sinners? I love how Brian put this in the Passion. How absurd. Eighteen. For if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system that Jesus tore down, that I have torn down, with a message of grace, I will appear to be one who turns his back on the truth. But because the Messiah lives in me, I've now died to the law's dominion over me so that I can live for God. Amen. So let's circle all the way back to the beginning when there was a bunch of heads that went sideways. Why do we have this sinful thing going on? And I don't mean our actions. I mean in our soul, you sinner. See, you sinned again. You're not worthy. Uh-uh. That's in direct opposition about what the Lord says. The Messiah lives in me. I have the mind of Christ. I will control my flesh. And if the Holy Spirit points out those parts that got to change, I want them burned out of me. I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be more like my Savior every day. So again, going back to equipping equippers, because that's who we are. You can either receive that or not. It's a fact. As we minister to people, our friends, our family, whatever that looks like, and you can call it just having coffee, I call it ministry, because you're able to speak truth into somebody, the truths you carry. This guilt, condemnation, sinner lifestyle, feeling, thing, icky, nonsense from Diablo, bust it out of them. Set them free in Christ with those truths. And if there's spots in your journey that are prohibiting you from becoming all God created you to be, from receiving all Christ died for in your life, use this truth, these truths, these revelations, these scriptures to overcome those spots and put them under your foot and be done with it. Move on. And if you need a brother or sister to stand in agreement with you on it, we'll do it at the altar. We can do it amongst ourselves. We are a family. An ecclesia. It's how we were created to be. To exhort and to edify and to lift up and to stand with each other. No one above each other. Side by side. Arm in arm. It's who we are. Praise God. I'm so honored to be a part of a family that gets this. For real. And gets to bring it to everyone else. That's a big deal. Please. My old identity 
Anybody else have an old identity they're not so proud of? But it's part of their testimony? There's no rearview mirror in the Bible. Go ahead. I see it going. Wait, but what about the... In the... Nope. Nope. We build our testimony by who we were. Anybody know how much I love testimonies? Truly. There's so much power in our testimonies. Who we were does not affect who we are now in Christ. In any way, shape, or form. If it is affecting who you are, you need to kill it. Because your old identity was co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. If you need to finish it off, finish it off. It's a process. It's not a 50-yard dash. It's a journey. That doesn't give you permission to not get after it. With your Father in your hand, via the Holy Spirit. He wants nothing. His word says he wants nothing but the best for us. So why do we accept all these other things? My, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. Amen. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. We live in union as one. Let the love that your Father has for you get rid of all of that nonsense that's inhibiting and prohibiting you from walking out all of his promises. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. So if you can't receive, if you can't receive the fact that you're righteous in Christ, isn't that really a Antichrist thought. If you can't agree with what the Lord says about you in this covenant in Christ, we're, we're, we're allowing our flesh and our soul to disagree with the Lord and the perfect sacrifice of His Son. And his written word as to what we are and who we are in Christ. <clears throat> Make the word yours. For me, it was Ephesians one seventeen through the end of the chapter. 
But there, there is a word, there is a scripture, there is a place that you're going to go, put yourself in it and grab it and make it yours. It will change your life. I pray there's many, but start with one if you haven't and stand on it. And in submission and humility, accept over yourself what God says you are. Righteous, holy, forgiven. Intimacy with our Father brings you to a place in the Word that I, me, have a hard time believing anybody can be without allowing His Spirit to make those words revelatory in your heart. His Word buried in you will begin to give you revelation that you desperately need at just the right moment Just in time, there is never, oh, I wish I would have done this ten years ago. Stop it. You're in the perfect place at the perfect time. You were created to be who you are in this moment. Now, take the truths of what the Lord says about you and who you are and move on. Stop trying to walk or live by other people's revelations. Grab those revelations. You've heard me say here, I don't care if somebody just came to Christ. I want the revelation that brought them to Christ. I want them to testify to me about that. I want your revelations. I need them because I'm not going to get the same revelations. But that is that co-submission. Submit yourself one to another. But until it's revelation for you, popped by the Spirit of God in your very being. It's just words. Now, who would like a copy of Pastor Rich's book? Pastor Craig has a bevy. I pray this blessed you. It is, it is such a vital part of who we are in Christ and part of our journey in that we know who we are based on his word. We allow the spirit of God in us to make that revelation in our own being. And that makes it so simple to walk this out. And so fun. And so full of joy. I love watching people's heads go sideways when I say, this is so fun. It is so fun. Because it is. Y'all look really tired all of a sudden. Okay, so if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, today's the perfect day for that. We'd love to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So you know that you know that you know that you know. 
So if you'd please rise, I want to bless you in the way that our pastor blesses us every week. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.